We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening in to another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. We're talking the Raiders, Chargers, and Colts on Roto-Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz with you on this Friday to start to take a look at various teams' depth charts, something we're going to do sporadically over the next month or two. I don't want to do it all at once, but I do think that it's important for us to just kind of talk through each team, think about which players should be fantasy relevant. Uh, get an idea of the expected points that some of these players had last year and just kind of wrap our head around these various teams. But more important, uh, more importantly here, Curtis, it's a Friday. It looks like you're getting a little loose over there with yet another uh, mixed drink, if you will. Why don't you let the people know uh, what you're sipping on there while I get our uh, drops ready for the episode? Okay. Okay. Let, yeah, let's just be very clear. But I am enjoying... <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying a cocktail. That is true. Um, so, so, you know, the warm weather, uh, it, it's, it expands my palate a, a little bit. Um, fans of the show know, you know, we talked a lot of bourbon. I think, uh, you know, the first 20 or so episodes that we did, Dave, get into the summertime, like to lighten it up a little bit, get a little fruit infusion going. Um, so this is, you know, we've, we've talked about bourbonade. This is actually gininade. Uh, and gin and aid, I don't like to go with the regular lemonade. I don't find that it makes it I, with just with that and gin, it really just does start tasting like pine salt, lemon pine salt. Um, but, you know, you got to go with like a blueberry or a strawberry lemonade. And so this is actually uh, a 50 50 mix of of simply blueberry lemonade, simply strawberry lemonade uh, at a 50 50 ratio. And then maybe about a shot and a half of uh, actually aviation gin. Um, that's uh straight from Bradley Cooper. Uh, that's his uh, gin brand. And it's actually, it's, it's quite enjoyable. Um, not too piney. Don't like a piney gin. Um, so aviation, uh, cheap. If you want to go up a level there and you want to go with more of the, the floral side of gin, you can't go better than, than Bombay Sapphire. You got that beautiful blue crystal bottle, uh, Bombay Sapphire. Highly recommend if you're only going to own one gin in your cabinet, that is the one that I prefer. All right, so let's start off looking at the Las Vegas Raiders uh, to get a little perspective over what the workload on the team looked like last year and its quality. Josh Jacobs, 12 rushing expected points per game, also saw receiving expected points of 4.2 really the only running back with anything of consequence. Devontae Booker had three rushing expected points and uh, under two receiving expected points. Henry Ruggs, just 5.2 per game. Darren Waller, of course, at 15.1. Nelson Aguilar now gone at 8.5. Hunter Renfro at 7.7. This team was not producing a lot of expected points as we look forward, of course, you still have Josh Jacobs. We've talked about how Kenyon Drake has been added. They've also added John Brown, Hunter Renfro still there. They will now have sophomore Brian, uh, sophomore wide receiver Brian Edwards, who I was hoping last year could maybe show something. Um, naturally, you still have Ruggs. Darren Waller, by and large, will be the most fantasy-relevant player. Of course, I still imagine you'll have Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake sprinkled in there. Uh, but when you look at this roster, Curtis, are there any other guys that you say to yourself, this player is definitely going to be fantasy relevant? Well, to b- before we just gloss over Darren Waller, yep. uh, I want to draw listeners' attention to one of Sean's articles um, from last week uh, where he actually argued that Darren Waller might be one of the two most important players in fantasy football for 2021. Uh, highly recommend that article. Um, tight, tight end is key. And after Travis Kelsey, what are you doing with Darren Waller and George Kittle? Uh, it, it may be um, the key to to winning leagues. I think he lays out his argument uh, pretty nicely there. And you know, whether you think Darren Waller can run it back, I, it really does. Uh, everything falls into place from there. Because are you gonna are you gonna have exposure to all of these kind of back end tight end ones, um, or are you just gonna end up with Darren Waller like in every league because you draft him in the second round? Um, it, it really is a huge decision point. Um, before we talk about the other fantasy relevant players, though, as I stare at this Las Vegas Raiders depth chart, I feel like we could really write some pretty cool fantasy fan fiction with the names on this roster, Dave. 
Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think really like bestseller stuff. So we first we could do we could do like a mystery novel because we've got you know like the the detective team of Foster Moreau and Alex Leatherwood, <laughs> um, and then you know we've 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 got as a antagonist Richie Incognito, literally. I mean, is that not the perfect uh, antagonist <laughs> yep. name? And then we could also write maybe like some uh, 60s like uh, rock uh, historical fiction. We've got Jim Morrissey and Dylan Stoner <laughs> on this roster as well. So I, and I just really, uh, really enjoy looking at some of the names from players that don't play fantasy relevant positions. Um, and I was having a chuckle to that. So, man, I just don't know who I would have any exposure to, man. This is so gross. Um, the, I guess the other player is Derek Carr. So um, in, in best ball uh, drafts, especially where I end up with three QBs in my build, um, I have been stacking Derek Carr with Darren Waller on those teams, um, but I don't have any like solo car. Not going to like um, do, do that. Um, and I, I'm not like fully in that John Brown will just automatically be Nelson Aguilar. I mean, Aguilar, you know, kind of uh, was, you know, famously uh, a good investment um, year 10 breakout last year or whatever it was. Um, but I, I wasn't big on Henry Ruggs coming out. He didn't do anything to make me change my mind uh, as a rookie, despite the the easy path to volume. Brian Edwards, um, ditto, except less talented, uh, athletically anyway. And, and Hunter Renfro, you know, while he's a capable slot man, I don't think he's getting the type of volume that would lead to true fantasy relevance. And, you know, we, we talk about targeting ambiguous backfields. Um, I just think Jacobs and Drake are like both too expensive. Um, Jacob, like they're, you know, they're both, if they both would just drop two rounds, I'd probably end up with a fair amount of both of them. Um, I just haven't been able to pull the trigger. I think I own one Drake share, um, across 14 best ball drafts so far. And I own zero Josh Jacobs shares. Um, that's really the breakdown, man. It's just like Darren Waller, maybe some Derek Carr. And that's like it. Um, have you drafted any of these guys yet? Or, or have you thought about whether you would very honestly, now that you've asked me the question, I don't believe that I have drafted a single Raider to this point in any draft that I've been in. And that's including dynasty, best ball, uh, and various formats of best ball and various formats of dynasty. It just hasn't happened. Of course, Darren Waller was the guy that I would have considered. Never found myself in a spot where he really was an option or that it made sense at the time. But I think your point about Derek Carr is one that does hold. Um, I think that as far as quarterbacks go, he falls into a range where he's not exciting, but a lot of the quarterbacks that he's going to be in that range of, he's pretty comparable to. I'll point out he was 11 in passing touchdowns. Last season was 14 in attempts, 17th in PPR per game, showing you that in super flex leagues, he could be a decent option. Um, had a really good stretch towards the end of the season, was a QB one 44% of the time. And in his last three seasons has gone over 21 points in um, 37% of games. So while that's not exciting, he's not going to be a high end QB won by any stretch of the imagination. My point would be that Derek Carr does fall into this cohort of quarterbacks where they're largely replaceable. I feel like he's a guy you could very easily bank on being able to get later on, and that might allow you to forego getting quarterback in certain drafts and just kind of scoop him up later, knowing that you're going to probably pretty closely approximate the value you might get with somebody going, you know, maybe four or five rounds ahead of him, depending on the specific league. Oh, sure. 
Sure. I think that that was uh, that was beautifully laid out. I mean, I, I, Baker Mayfield's not a locked out score Derek Carr, but he's being drafted like he's a lock to do so. Um, and I mean, Baker's got a lot better talent. Uh, the Browns are probably going to be a lot better team. Um, yeah, but I mean, Carr's going to be involved in some shootouts. And, uh, you know, he's, he's shown us, I mean, he's like, it's, I don't think he's like underrated for fantasy. I think he's properly rated, but he's like just way safer, uh, way safer than the guys in this range. It's like, okay, do I want Daniel Jones or Derek Carr? Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Daniel Jones started like the whole season last year and threw like 11 touchdowns or something. I mean, uh, (laughs) I've looked at his stat line enough, uh, but I don't have it memorized, but I think it's really like actually that bad. Um, and I don't think there's any scenario. I mean, if Derek Carr gets benched, it's going to be like a, a Tennessee thing where like, you know, they moved from Mariota to Tannehill just because they wanted a different look and didn't think they could break through. I mean, I could see Derek Carr getting benched ironically from uh, Mariota for the same reasons uh, in Las Vegas, but it's not going to be because, you know, he's an incapable quarterback or is going to put his team in a position to lose. It's just that they may, they may not be able to win. He may not give them enough oomph uh, to win. Um, based off of how the team's constructed around him. But but I, I think it is sneaky, man. I think it's sneaky. If you go tight end early, it's kind of hard to also go quarterback early. And so, you know, the three quarterback construct um, is, is pretty attractive. And so I, I was just looking across my 14 drafts. I've got a 21% Darren Waller. So I guess that's three teams. Um, and, and Derek Carr. Uh, stacked with him on on one of those teams and and just one Kenyon Drake share as well I guess uh, when he slid like to the ninth round um, so yeah I, I think that's it man I, I wish there was more to talk about I mean Vegas should be this should be like a scoring explosion team like I feel like they don't represent their town um, like the Browns represent their town like they bang the ball like it's blue collar city like the Ve- Vegas should be like offensive explosions every week sexy team for fantasy uh it's just they're not there yet man um they're not there i don't have anything else to say about this squad so i want to uh, add that you're you're absolutely right about daniel jones just 11 passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown 12 total touchdowns for daniel jones in 2021 it's like Yikes. i stare at this stuff all day or something man it's like i stare at it all day yeah <laughs> all right Let's talk about the Chargers, man. Let's talk about the Chargers. That's the next squad. This is going to be more fun. Yes, this is a team that we actually can expect to put up a lot of offense. So obviously, everybody knows you got Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson backing him up. There's also Joshua Kelly there at the wide receiver position. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, who looked pretty explosive at points last year. Then you have Jared Cook stepping in at tight end that we've talked about before. We're both pretty excited about him filling into that Hunter Henry role. We expect him to perform well there. It does not look like the market has caught up to that. So definitely a lot more going on here. I think all of the players that I mentioned, except maybe the backup running backs, should be fantasy relevant. Anybody else that I may have left off? I know some people were excited about Donald uh, Donald Parham Jr. Maybe, you know, we see somebody else slip in there like K.J. Hill. What do you think? No, man, I think I think everyone who's lining up as a starter is interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, you want you want plenty of exposure to this team. I don't think I can advocate for actually selecting Jalen Guyton in redraft formats, yep. um, but readers of my in-season dynasty waiver stuff um, probably have a, a handful of Jalen Guyton owners. Um, I was on him 
uh, pretty early in the process last year uh, for deeper dynasty leagues. And, you know, some guys probably own him as a result. And this is Mike Williams walk year. Um, so I think we can expect some big things for, for multiple reasons, but, you know, perhaps uh, Guyton, not a range of possible outcomes that, you know, maybe he's better than Josh Palmer, uh, who the team um, surprisingly drafted uh, a round or two earlier than I think most had projected uh, in this year's, this, this year's draft. But I think most of the, most of their players are draftable at ADP, um, I haven't found myself biting on Austin Eckler all that much. Uh, I find myself opting like either for Joe Mixon or Antonio Gibson um, when I'm going second round running back so far. Um, and it's not because I like don't believe that Eckler has top five upside again. Like I think he does. Um, I don't know. I just haven't been able to pull the trigger there. Like I feel like he's got to be kind of the last back from that range. I think it's maybe it's the age combined with the uh, the age combined with the injury combined with all the other talent um, and the fact that we haven't seen the team feed him the ball down by the goal line. Um, now with, you know, Anthony Lynn being out of there, perhaps there'll be a different approach and we won't see all this big back, little back nonsense. Um, that, that was really nice because he always told us the truth about what he's going to do and then he did it. Um, so, so we'll have to figure out uh, what the new, uh, the new squad's going to do there. But um, Herbert, um, I think overall QB one, there's like a, a non-zero chance that that actually happens this year. I mean, he had the best rookie season of any quarterback in NFL history statistically last year. I think sky's the limit for him. And he certainly got the weapons to do it. You and I talked about Jared Cook several weeks ago. I know you're big, you're big on him. I think he's a, probably a locked out performance ADP, probably the best value of any of these guys. Like love him as a, a tight end two uh, or even a tight end three if you wait too late find yourself missing out on that range that we talked about in uh, yesterday's episode uh, or Wednesday's episode. Rather, if you miss out on those guys, like cook kind of like a draft saver, I think in, in best ball formats. Um, and then Allen and Williams, I think you just mix them up. Williams is a better value. Um, Allen's kind of a guy I'll, you know, I'll take him at the end of the tier. Um, he might be safe. He's probably a safer pick than Julio Jones. Who's going in a, a somewhat similar range right now. Cause we don't know who, where Julio's going to be. That's mostly what I've got to say about these guys. Uh, I don't like anyone further down on the list, really, in terms of of being draft worthy and redraft for dynasty purposes. I, I think I'm out on KJ Hill now. I liked him last year. Appreciate you bringing his name up. Um, but with Guyton's emergence last year, and then Josh Palmer being added to the fray, I think you know KJ's. You know, he's he's probably just like a really fun slot guy in you know start fifty dynasty formats. And uh, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, I don't know. Maybe Larry Roundtree is maybe Larry Roundtree is better than Jackson and Kelly. So like super deep dynasty, thirty plus rosters deep. Um, I don't know. Roundtree might be roster worthy. That's a name. Yeah. So a couple of notes here on Guyton, um, who I, I should point out, though he was really exciting, only managed to go over ten points three times last season. But a couple of encouraging things. He was fifth in air yards per target at 16.3, which if you watched any Chargers games should not be surprising because when he got targeted, it was very often very deep. And then also his yak per reception of 6.4 was eighth among wide receivers. So some encouraging numbers there. Uh, Like you said, you know, it's going to be hard to really bank on him as a 
portion of your redraft team that you would have to rely on. I also have found myself resistant to drafting Austin Eckler. He kind of, for me, falls into that range of running back where I just don't feel good enough about their prospects or knowing what I can expect or feeling like where their range of outcomes is, is concentrated is good enough for me to forego a wide receiver at that point. So he's he's in that stretch where I'm more or less just going wide receiver. Uh, so, you know, I can't pound the table too hard for him. I think your point about Keenan Allen probably being a better option at this point than Julio Jones makes sense. Uh, I also will take Mike Williams at ADP. Let's close things off talking about the Colts. I know that we've spent some time talking about Carson Wentz. We've talked about how there's not too much there um, for him to throw to as far as the receivers go. We'll quickly review the depth chart. Obviously, you have... Uh, Jonathan Taylor there at running back Marlon Mack coming back. There's also Naheem Hines from an expected points perspective. Um, last year, 9.8 rushing EP per game for Jonathan Taylor, as well as 14.3. What's going to be interesting is what happens with Hines and Marlon Mack, because we did see 3.7 rushing points per game for both Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines saw 7.1 receiving expected points. Uh, T.Y. Hilton was just at 10, uh, Pascal at 7.7, really no, not much else besides Pittman at 7.7 and DeMichael Harris at, uh, excuse me, Paris Campbell at 6.8. Pivoting over to this year's depth chart, pretty similar. T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, uh, Zach Pascal, Jack Doyle at tight end, also have Mo Alley-Cox. I'm inclined to say that there's really not too much um to pick at here in redraft just gross man it's just gross um as much as i love jonathan taylor i don't even feel great about him um in the mid first round just because of those question marks around you know marlon mack he's not even a thought for me i mean it was an achilles right and uh, i mean i i just think he's done like he he seems like a stand-up guy he was openly rooting for Jonathan Taylor anyway after the team drafted him. I think he realized what, you know, the, the team literally just drafted a superhuman and the writing was on the the wall. He's doing the right things. Seems to be very well liked by the community. You know, good for you. An Achilles injury at, at a position like that is just so devastating. I, I don't, I, I mean, I think it's over. I think it's over for Mac. I, I don't know if he's a lock to make the roster. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think the question really is between, you know, if you don't believe that and you think that that Max steals the rushing work that Hines was getting, then Hines is no longer really that great of a, you know, zero RB, you know, one elite RB type target. Uh, he's, he's probably vastly overvalued. I think people have, have been on him again because of what he did last year. Uh, and I'm seeing him go, you know, very often in that nine, 10, 11 range um, as early as eighth round, um, sometimes as well. And so it's just, man, I, for, for me, I, th- I, I tend to believe that Hines is more talented in every facet of the game than Marlon Mack at this point, post Achilles injury. I think the team will realize that as well. So it really comes down to Taylor when he slides, you know, when I look at how, how drafts are falling right now, um, I, I feel like w- when Taylor, drops into that eight, nine, 10 range. I feel more comfortable selecting him versus Travis Kelsey, uh, perhaps, um, 
rather than selecting him like over even Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara. Um, I just don't know. Like for Dynasty, yes. But for redraft, I just don't know. Like I'm not that confident that he's going to get the 60, 70, 80 targets or do the Derrick Henry thing where he gets, you know, 18 to 20 touchdowns or, you know, breaks a rushing record. I just don't know if the team is unstubborn enough to use to use him that way or, or, or you know, I guess the better way to say it is I think they're too stubborn to use him that way. And, and the receivers, I mean, there's talent, man, but I just, it's, it's hard to say there's really any value there. I mean, you know, they're going to rack up stats, but I just don't, I don't see, this is not a high flying offense. It's not, it's just a way more boring, less overall talented version of what Cleveland's doing. Um, and you only want the back here. Uh, I, I would want some of the peripheral pieces in Cleveland. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel bad because I feel like, you know, we sandwich this, you know, high flying chargers between these two unsexy squads the Colts might be a worse situation than the Raiders, even though uh, that's that's my take. Yeah, you know, I um, will just leave it with this. I don't think I am touching anybody that's going to be receiving the ball and not also running unless it's maybe Paris Campbell and he somehow goes so late that I. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed can't ignore it um jonathan taylor i'm not as enthused about as i would like to be naheem hines i i also worry too that what we saw from him last year is something that just might not repeat again um because it is possible that the team does realize they need to utilize taylor more and they stop breaking up these drives that were going well with taylor bringing in hines but either way i have concerns about this offense in general being able to support two running backs um, as solid fantasy options. So I am probably going to be staying away from the Colts. And I think this becomes another team that to this point I have, I really am not sure I have drafted any player on the team at this point in a draft this year. Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to take a moment to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level, or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, 
Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community Discord, an e-learning course full of tips and tricks, and on top of all of that, will help get your show pushed to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you're wanting to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box in this episode for more information, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Scott Barrett and I own one of the uh, FC Eliminator teams. Like we're, quote, I hate the term, we're quote unquote celebrity drafters and people donate to charity to draft against us in the format. And we've been doing this, I think, for four or five years now. It's great. John Bosch, who's an absolute saint in the industry, um, one of the uh, more fun commissioners out there. Uh, So tip of the cap to you, my friend, for putting that together and uh, kind of tying that in with the Scott Fishbowl and and all the good vibes uh, that, that we create each summer in the fantasy industry. But anyway, uh, we have one rogue auto pick final selection of Jack. Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, we actually, Scott and I both timed out. Uh, we, we were co-winning the team and we timed out uh, and had a round six, uh, round 16 or 17. I think uh, Jack Doyle auto pick fail. Um, I will, I'll answer or I'll ask this and let's try to end on a serious note with some actionable stuff though. Yep. Um, on Jonathan Taylor, like at what point in the first round, man, like when is he, when would you consider taking him? And then when is it like, okay, like I'm taking Taylor. Like, what are those two points for you? Um, it, you know, I, it's tough. I think it's tough. You know, I would assume last year that it's like, okay, Taylor is probably like in the picture for me at one overall. And like, he's not sniffing that for me. Um, he's like a mid, yep. like I think at one Oh five, I start for, personally at one Oh five. I'm like, okay, it might be Taylor time. But it's like 108, 109 before I'd be like, all right, I'm smashing Taylor here. Um, what is it for you? Uh, you know, I'm honestly probably taking Travis Kelsey ahead of him. I'm probably thinking even about mm. Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs ahead of him. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I'm not always going to do that. So you're like one, you're like 111, I'm, 112. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing like one. Yeah. So I mean, if I'm feeling like, okay, so it's hard for somebody that plays a, a, like that drafts a million teams to answer this question, but let's say I only am doing three teams. Maybe on one of them, I start thinking about it around the 110. And some of that is just based on the way that I draft and less inclined to, to go running back early compared to most people. But if I went into the draft and I said, I am absolutely going to draft a running back in the first round. Um, probably around like the the 108 is where i start to think about it which i i don't think is a great endorsement okay, so for a player the, as good as we think he is yeah okay so derrick henry or jonathan taylor this year honestly derrick henry and i don't have much hesitation yeah yeah so see, see this is where so you know we're making the sauce now Um, so, so I think that's good. I mean, this is a good way, you know, if we're, if we're going to tell you there's really only one player, I mean, there's really only one player, maybe a second player to think about on this Colts offense. We at least got to tell you what we think. Um, and it's sounding like 
you you will 100% be underweight on Jonathan Taylor across your portfolio. If you are that low on him, you're going to own basically no Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a, a you know a co-owned team or something. Um I'm probably going to be also underweight but only slightly. Um I I do I you know his ADP across various formats, you know he really is kind of in that 5-6 range and I just don't feel great there. You know maybe if there was you know some scoring nuance. Um but but I, I'm, you know, I'm also not, you know, smashing him at five, six yet. So we're, we're probably both underweight on Jonathan Taylor in 2021 on this podcast. Feels dangerous to say, feels a little anti-rotoviz to say after last year. Uh, and, we, and we love the player, uh, but don't love the situation as compared to other elite assets. So I think that that's, you know, that should be actionable. Um we reserve the right to change the opinion as ADP changes. And, you know, of course, we, we track ADP from all the top uh, all the top sites uh, over in our ADP tools uh, at rotoviz.com. Um, I mean, you can see ADP as a draft board. You can track your exposure on all the, the major formats. So make sure to check those out if you're not a sub and you just listen to us for our takes. That's great. Keep listening. Um, but we would love for you to go over to rotoviz.com and check out all of the actionable content and next level tools. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I am going to leave everybody here with one thought. Then maybe if I'm feeling like it, we can pivot over to you for a solid closing to send everybody off for the week. But it's important to react to new information. And my take this year on Jonathan Taylor, obviously I'm not nearly as excited as I was if you listened to me last year, but that's not because last year was a disappointment or many saw it as a disappointment overall. It was a pretty strong season for a rookie running back. The reason I'm not as excited this year is I don't feel like he's on a team or in a situation that supports him as well as other round one running backs are. So as a function of him moving into round one on the team that he is, I can no longer have that excitement. So I just want to be clear. It's not a reaction to what we saw last year and being disappointed, it's just looking at the situation this year and how it falls out and how it sets up for Jonathan Taylor to close in Dynasty. I'm still pretty excited about him. Curtis, you have any food for thought as everybody uh, looks towards the weekend? Yeah, man. Um, if you've got a kid, you know, throw a ball with them. Um, go on the yard. Do something fun with your kids this weekend, man. Um, you love fantasy football. You know, share your love of the sport with them. Maybe draft a best ball team with them. Um, you know, go out there and throw some positivity out into the to the universe. You know, what I tell my kids is, uh, in this house, we uh, we work hard, we stay positive, and we make it happen. Um, those are the three things that Patrick family lives by. And uh, you know, I, I've really been trying to spend more time. You know, kind of investing. I think that that mindset and that outlook uh, into my community. I've been coaching um, some some club soccer, some competitive club soccer. And, you know, I, I just get so much back from the kids. You know, you, you pour uh, that energy and positivity. You can change some people's lives, um, you know, by the, you know, by the choices that you make. Um, and, you know, I'll just really encourage you. You're going to get something out of it. Like you're going to feel better about the time that you invested in your kid or you know someone else's kid if you're coaching a team or, you know taking your neighbor's trash down the curb for them. Like just throw something positive out there. Okay. So that's my challenge. Go mow your neighbor's lawn. Um, you know, leave a bag of groceries for somebody down the street, you know, that just lost their job, you know, just do something nice. Okay. Just do something nice. 
I promise you're going to get more out of it than the recipient. Thanks for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at RotoVizFFShow at gmail.com. Visit RotoViz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.